0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Kayla and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind the scenes knowledge, firsthand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation at the link in the description below. But before you do that, let's hear from Caitlin Hogan, a graduate coach from UChicago and Queen Mary University of London, about the honor section. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, no worries. Thanks for having me. So as everyone can see from the title of this episode, I'm having you on to talk about the honor section of the common application. Uh, You know, application season is upon us. It's right around the corner. Everyone is starting to look at their common app, their essays and everything. And I know we always get a lot of questions about this section. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of Google searches. So I I kind of wanted to have someone who works through the application process with students just talk about it and answer some questions.
1: Great. Yeah, it can definitely be a confusing section. um, And I spend a lot of time working with my students on it. So I'm happy to provide all that insight
0: yeah great so just to start i kind of wanted to just go over what the honor section is for anyone who maybe is new to the process is a little younger just hasn't heard of it um so can you give kind of just a brief introduction to it sure so the honor section is a part of the common app where you can list awards
1: you've received um the the common app calls them academic awards but really this is this can be taken quite loosely um they can include Things like athletic awards, publications, um, any uh, volunteering awards, anything kind of you've received from any, anybody, including from your school. And they're just a chance to show admissions committees that not only are you as accomplished as you say you are in all your essays and your extracurricular lists and as your, your recommenders will say in your letters, but to show that you've received additional validation from other sources along those lines as well.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like an, uh, an official source that says, we also think this person is great. Look, we gave them this award.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
0: And that's so nice to see for admissions counsellors to have that extra kind of external validation from another source. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you next about kind of what should be included in this section. I think you kind of already went over this. So um, I guess just to reiterate, it doesn't have to just be academic awards. It can really be awards from any area of your life and your activities. Yeah,
1: exactly. It can be anything that you feel is, is a meaningful representation of something you were involved in. It doesn't have to come from like NASA, you know, it can come from a <laughs> from a very local school-based level. Um, there are actually different, basically, categories uh, that you can put your awards in. So there is a school local level, there is a regional level, a state level, and a, a national or international level. And any award from any of those categories is valid. Obviously, we would encourage you if you do have an international award to put it on your list. But just having school-based awards is totally acceptable and can really enhance your application.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I think thinking back to my honors section I definitely had mostly awards from school kind of academic things so that's definitely I think same here yeah Mm -hmm.
1: it's really rare to see an international award like they have it on the list but realistically
0: yeah it's very difficult obviously to rank internationally um so speaking of admissions officers kind of looking at this section um how do admissions officers evaluate it I guess how important it is it to them and you know what do those awards mean for them and for your admissions chances so i think
1: you know admissions offices really look at this as a chance to understand who you are as a student outside of the classroom you know you have all of this information with your application like your transcript and your teacher recommendations that show kind of the sort of academically minded student that you are and you know what you do in a in a learning context but the awards section, it can really be thought of kind of hand in hand with the extracurricular activities in terms of painting a more full picture of you as someone other than just someone who sits in a classroom and learns things. It's like, what do you do with your time when you're not in school? And the honors list really is a basically a way to brag, to add to your impressiveness, to show all the amazing things that you have done. You know, the extracurricular list can do that as well, but the awards section is specifically showing you know how you have been recognized for your achievements not only academically but also in all those things you do outside of the classroom and I think there's you know people often think that the awards section maybe is only to be done if you have like international awards you know you've won like a a Nobel Peace Prize or you've been published by a really big journal but that's really not the case like admissions offices want to see every student filling this out, even if you don't necessarily have the five spots that are available, even if you have three awards, they want to see those just so that they can get a sense of who you are as a person, how you might fit into the kind of class that they're trying to admit beyond just your grades and your teacher
0: recommendations. Right, as small as you may think it is, it is going to add something to your application. Obviously, since it's on the common app, admissions officers are asking to see it.
1: Right. The Common App isn't one of those things where like you can leave bits out if you're not impressed with yourself. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's kind of not for you to judge. It's for the admissions officers to judge. And they are looking at all these different students and you might kind of have a view of, of your awards that they're, they're not a big deal. But an admissions officer might see them as a really big deal, even if they're just from within your school. You know, admissions officers really care about things like school context. So if your school has a super competitive award and you're like, oh, but it's just in my school. How is this compelling? But admissions officers are going to know about your school context. You know, they're going to have read your school profile and know that this is really, you know, a competitive environment and they're going to be impressed. So don't sell yourself short. You know, this is a chance to, and I encourage my students in general to do this in the Common App, to get like a little bit big headed just for a minute to kind of Mm -hmm. brag a little bit, let yourself kind of big yourself up, you know, be your own hype person. Because really... You know, it's not a time to be shy. It's a time to really celebrate all the amazing things you've done in high school.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like you said, it's definitely not the time to be shy. If there's any time to brag, it is right now they're asking for it. Um, And I I really like what you said about school context, because I'm sure I've mentioned this or guests have mentioned this in previous episodes, but admissions officers read regionally. If you and 10 other kids from your school are applying to Yale or any school, you know, you're being pitted against those students from your school and if you're able to say I'm the one student in this group who got this award at my school that's going to look really good for you.
1: Yeah exactly it's huge and it's also to kind of go off your point a really nice way to make yourself stand out in terms of the kinds of awards you receive. received so if lots of people from your school for example are applying to Yale and all of them are kind of really interested in political science if you are let's say applying as a chemistry major and you have lots of interesting chemistry awards to back up your interests it will set you apart a little bit from the people who you're kind of being read against within the admissions committee Saying,
0: yeah definitely awards that go along with your interests i think i had like one award from like a newspaper thing that i did in high school and that helped because i talked about newspaper and the rest of my application so anything you have that can kind of go along with what we call the application persona is really going to help
1: yeah, exactly. And the awards section is is somewhere I find the application persona comes out particularly strongly because, you know, if a student is super interested in physics and they have, for example, a physics Olympiad or a, a school award for physics, you know, it shows admissions officers that not only are they interested in it in the classroom, but they're going out of the way outside of class time to really explore this subject and, and are being recognized for how good they are at it. So I think, you know, it, sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult in the extracurricular list to really elucidate that persona because you often have a bunch of activities that aren't related because you don't want to just be doing physics all day but the awards mm. section you know it's, it's kind of narrow enough that you can really hone in on your prowess in this one area that you really want to pursue
0: yeah it shows kind of what you're most committed to and what you're really spending your most time in and competing in
1: exactly but having said that you know, there are plenty of, of awards that are a lot vaguer that are still incredibly compelling, you know, things like being a national merit scholar or an AP scholar that show your academic prowess across loads of subjects. And while they do link to your persona, you know, they're a little bit more general. So it, it, it really is flexible and it's, it's a section of the Common App that you can really make your own in terms of adding to your application.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not one size fits all. Everyone should definitely be taking what we're saying um, and anything they're reading really about the application as a whole with a grain of salt to make sure they're making it right for them. Absolutely. And I know how tempting it is. And I was definitely in this position to
1: read like everything that was on Google and be like, Oh, well, if this is the case, then this will work for me and then I can succeed in this. But Mm -hmm. the application is much more personal than that. And, you know, you can read until you're blue in the face, but it, You know it comes down to who you are as a student and and how you want to present yourself in the application
0: yeah absolutely um kind of i guess speaking of that of kind of doing your own thing i think a lot of students are especially worried about filling out all five sections they see that maybe some other students in their schools have all of these awards um So I guess starting with students who maybe aren't filling up all five spaces, um, what would you say to kind of, I guess, calm them? Um, You know, is it a major drawback? What is your kind of opinion on that? So I think the first
1: thing I would say to a student who thinks like, I don't have five is really think like, are you sure? because mm-hmm. schools really like to you know have assemblies and give out awards i mean i went to high school in the uk and i can certainly say it was the case there and speaking to many of my colleagues and students and friends i know that u.s high schools are very similar so you may actually have more than you on first thought think you do you know even if you think that you only let's say have three awards that are these big flashy departmental or, or state or regional awards think about you know things like being an, an AP scholar or a national merit scholar that you might have kind of forgotten about in thinking that the award section has to be all these super flashy things. So that would be my first piece of advice. And then secondly, you know, admissions officers are not there to try and like catch you out. They're not trying to find ways to make you fail, right? Everything you do in the application is just adding. You're starting from zero and you can't really be minused unless like some crazy things happen. Right. So not having five awards, it's not going to reflect poorly on you. You're not going to be penalized for not having five awards, but it's just the more you have, you know, the more it will help. So don't necessarily think that everything's over for you. I've seen plenty of amazing students get into, you know, amazing schools not having five awards. And, you know, you don't want to get into the, the zone of thinking, oh, should I make one up? Like, don't do that
0: just trust
1: that, you know, the application is viewed holistically. So the award section, while it's important, and while it's, you know, the whole reason I'm here talking about it today, it's just one part of the whole application. And, you know, you have plenty of other spaces to let who you are shine through and to prove to admissions officers how impressive you are, whether that's in your essays, or through your teacher recommendations, or in your extracurricular list, right? Just maximize the award section to the best of your personal ability, but don't worry if you don't have everything super maxed out Mm
0: -hmm. yeah definitely you shouldn't be making things up I think it's far 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 worse to make something up or stretch something that isn't actually an award to try to fit into the section that's going to do you a lot more harm than just having one or two spaces blank
1: yeah and the only reason I bring it up is because I've been asked about it many times and I think that you know the the sort of relative anonymity of how the admissions process feels where you fill out this website and you send it off to the ether and then you get an email back from the ether and you know you kind of think oh, maybe i can kind of get away with it but just don't even risk it you know it it will not only be quite obvious because admissions officers are very intelligent people and they can they can tell especially again as you said if they're reading with other people from your school and you've named a school mm-hmm. award that no one else from From your school has mentioned you know it will be suspicious but also you're going to have to kind of do some description of what this award was and what it was for and if you've just kind of made it up that's going to be pretty obvious
0: yeah yeah and i you know we've all seen kind of how cheating and lying goes in the admissions process it does not go well so (laughs) yeah definitely stay away from that um so on the other end for students who you know have five awards maybe they have and awards, um, how do those students strategically choose which ones to include or even kind of like how to order them for priority, like which one they write about first? Right, I think that's a really good question. And, and thinking about order, when you're putting
1: together the Common App in general, thinking about how you're gonna order things is very important. Uh, my suggestions would be to go for high impact first. And obviously high impact is a super vague phrase, but basically, what I mean when I say that is, like I said, anything that is national or international, if you were selected from a very large pool of students and you were kind of top rated, you know, in let's say you won a National History Day award and you were top in your state or top in your you know, region or top in the whole country, that kind of thing you would want to put first. Alternatively, if if you don't have awards of those kind, it's totally fine put things first that are the most closely related to what you're passionate about and what you're talking about in, let's say your your extracurricular list. So if you are you know, a really passionate historian and you have a bunch of history extracurriculars and maybe you touched on your passion for history in your supplemental essays or even your personal statement and you have a couple of history awards, I would always put those, make sure that those are in your awards section And then again, go with the most impressive or competitive first. So the ones that, for example, a good metric to use is if there was ever any kind of prize involved, like which one was the coolest prize. So like, you know, students (laughs) who have won prizes that have actual money is very impressive. Or, you know, students who have won something out of thousands of students, then put those ones first.
0: Mm, Yeah, because, you know, like we said, you're being evaluated against other students. So obviously the more difficult the prize was or the award was to win, you know, the more students you kind of beat, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, And the more kind of impressive it looks.
1: Exactly. And you're kind of thinking about going from, you know, number one, which is the first activity on the list being your high impact national slash international or, you know, even statewide. And then going down to number five is generally the smallest scale award. So an in-school award, Or an award that, for example, you know, in comparison to the rest of your awards is still impressive, but maybe is the least kind of wow factor. You still want to include it because it's nice to have five, but it would be the one that is maybe the
0: smallest scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So then after, you know, students choose which five awards they're choosing or maybe decide on the order, um, like you mentioned earlier, you have kind of a space to describe what the award is. Um, the space is you know, notoriously very short, very small. Um, so how do you kind of help your students write those descriptions and take advantage of that small space? Right,
1: and that's a, a very good question. And it, it's the thing with the awards list that when I'm working with students takes the most time and generally involves the most back and forth arguing about stuff. You know, you mm-hmm. have a hundred characters in which to describe the award, and that's not a lot. Like students think, oh that's that's loads, but it's not like you know, words, it's not even letters, it's spaces, it's mm-hmm. characters, including spaces. So, you know, things can get very tight. So my advice for that would be first of all to use numbers as much as you can and write the numbers out as numbers. Don't write three with T H R E E, because that uses Five characters where you could just represent it with one and quantifying things really help to communicate to the admissions officer how impressive it is in a very succinct way. Um, additionally, you know, going along with that, you can use some standard abbreviations. So things like week can become WK um, or hour can become HR, you know, things that are very standard that people would know that will just help you to kind of cut away into those characters. Although I will say, kind of as a caveat to that, don't use acronyms that people outside of your immediate school community wouldn't know, because students Mm -hmm. get tripped up on this a lot, you know, things are super familiar to you, you see them every day, there are like, you know, little catchy phrases that every high school has, but an admissions officer is definitely not going to know, you know, they read for often hundreds of high schools, and even if they read for your region, they're not going to know the ins and outs of this one particular French language award that you get in 10th grade if you pass this one thing so Mm -hmm. while it's tempting to use acronyms to kind of shorten up you know specific names of things don't use them if you went up to someone on the street in your town and they wouldn't know what it was you know everyone's going to know week or hour but don't try to condense down a a quite obscure award because it's just going to be confusing and then in terms of the the kind of description layout you kind of want to talk firstly about how many students you know were awarded the award how many students were eligible and then you want to talk about what it was for so you could say something like selected out of 300 students for best grades in history or something that gives you know a sense of what the award was awarded for and then how many students were eligible and then you know you can say things like first place Like one st place, and that, or even just first, like one st without the place. You know, there are like a lot of little ways to cut away at your characters. So my advice is to just write a description and then systematically work through and think, okay, can I shorten this word? Can I, can I reduce this? You don't even need to use full sentences. So if you want to start your description by writing full sentences, just so you know what's going on, and then work on how to shorten it. So I, I love a good semicolon. You know, they can become very useful for kind of cutting up things that used to be separate sentences or even just commas you know you can really reduce things by using all the little things added together
0: right it reminds me a lot of kind of just you know writing a tweet which i'm sure a lot of high schoolers are familiar with you know you only have so many characters so you want to write about this award in an impactful way like we've been talking about but you don't need all of the extra fluff yeah exactly it's it's about condensing the purest description
1: of what the award was, just like a tweet. Although now Twitter's longer, so I feel like it's all cheating now.
0: A bit, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. But that yeah, like you me. said. Yeah. Like you said, you know, showing the impact, actually explaining what the award was. Sometimes the title of your award might explain that, but you don't want to count on, you know, like you said, an admissions officer knowing this award from your school or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So kind of going off that, I guess, of things not to do, like you're talking about of obscure acronyms. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen students make or, you know, ask about or almost make that you would caution students against? So I feel like I've
1: probably mentioned these already, but um, a nice kind of way to round them up is the first one would definitely be thinking that they don't have anything to add. You know students who are obviously really really you know smart very excellent in the classroom and i know because i've like for example i've been working with them in candidacy building and i've seen all the amazing things that, that they've done and they say i don't have any awards i've published this paper and i've you know won an award in my province for a mentorship competition or something but they think they don't have any and then you you know you have to kind of say no think again you know make sure that you don't deprive yourself of this opportunity to to enhance your impressiveness by thinking you don't have any um and then another one would definitely be kind of using acronyms or wording that is unclear for the admissions officers so like you said you know using an acronym that no one knows um or you know describing something in a, a way that is very difficult to understand because you know it's very important to be cognizant of the fact that admissions officers read applications quickly because they have to read so many. So you have to make sure that whatever you write in a description is as easy to understand as possible and doesn't require the admissions officer to kind of read it and go, oh, hang on, let me read that again because I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, if that happens, they just won't read it and they'll be like, "Okay, I didn't get it. So I won't consider it. Right. So don't let your amazing achievements kind of go unnoticed or misunderstood because you haven't worded it properly.
0: Yeah, and then, that's definitely a good point.
1: Yeah, I've seen it happen many times where I have to be like, wait, I don't even understand this and I know what this award mm-hmm. is for, you know. <laughs> I think students get caught up with the, the character limit and thinking, oh, I have to squeeze all this stuff. And sometimes, you know, you can put too much information in and then it's just incomprehensible. So it's about getting that balance. And then thirdly, I think, kind of we touched on this earlier, is don't skip over the section. There is always something you can include, you know. I've, I've never seen a student who has genuinely had no awards because like i said schools give out lots of awards external organizations you know if if a student does any kind of extracurricular activity usually what they will have won an award if they're on like a, a pickup basketball team and they won you know a championship even if it's in like the local neighborhood that's an award you know there are plenty of things that count that you wouldn't think count and it's just about kind of being able to recognize that they they are you know award worthy they are impressive and giving yourself the credit
0: right yeah i think in previous episodes we've had people kind of um recommend that as you go through high school you kind of write down things that happen so that when you get to the application point you aren't thinking back like oh we really haven't done anything and you can kind of go back to that list absolutely i
1: was really like i'm still a very sentimental person so i kept all of my random certificates and when i was doing my college applications i was like oh yeah like i dug them out and i was like oh i won this award for like best humanities student you know in 10th grade that i'd completely forgotten about but having it there you know says oh actually i did win that and like reminded me to give myself the credit that i was due so that's a super good idea definitely keep like even just a google doc where you're like oh this thing happened you know this opportunity i took advantage of super handy
0: Yeah, yeah, it can definitely be helpful. So, kind of to round out the episode, I don't want to focus exclusively on older students, though obviously, you know, it is their time to apply. But, um, kind of what we've been hinting to, I guess, in the last couple questions is, you know, starting early, you know, starting a list, or like you said, students that you've worked through with candidacy building that are, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th grade. So, what can students do if they're younger and listening to this? and are wondering, well, how do I even begin to get these awards? What do I have to do to get these?
1: So, you know, it's totally a valid thing to, to think about younger students. And I always encourage my, my candidacy building students to think about, you know, when they're going to be applying, because it can feel so far away, but actually it, things come around very fast. And it's important to kind of do what you can now to control, you know, how smoothly and, and how successfully the application process goes for you. And I think there are loads of things that younger students can do, even though it might not seem like it at first. Like you can't be like, give me an award, but there are plenty <laughs> of things you can do to basically do that, to, you know, make yourself more likely or more eligible for these kind of awards. So the first thing I would say is ask, ask your guidance counselor or teachers, you know, if you really like a subject and you want to get more involved in it, and you'd like to consider maybe entering a competition, then a really good source can be your subject teachers or your guidance counselor. And, you know, there might also be for some awards that you have to get some kind of permission to be eligible, for example, within your school or within your state, you know, there might be some kind of bureaucracy you have to contend with. So starting off from a teacher who you like and who knows you're passionate about a certain subject can be a really handy way to get connected with extra opportunities in that area. So, you know, I've talked about history and if, if you're a history buff, you know, consider what about national history day or you know if you're a physics fan like doing the physics olympiad you know there are plenty of opportunities out there for students to get involved and get these awards it's just about knowing where they are and how how to enter them and you know what you would need from your school to support you and and similarly you know if if you like writing you could consider trying to get published because if you were published that can also be included on the awards section so you know if you wanted to write an opinion piece about you know how you think the the coronavirus situation is going. For example, you could submit that to a local or even a national newspaper. And you know, plenty of newspapers like to publish work by younger people, and they'll often have you know op-ed sections that you can kind of say, "Hey, here's my work," and that can be a really nice additional award, especially if you're interested in things like writing or politics. And also, if you're really interested in doing a research paper, there are many journals run by universities that want to publish work by high school students, and there are also journals run specifically for high school students. So if you have a paper that you want to write or that you've already written or that you're in the process of writing, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, here's my paper, can I submit it? You know, getting a teacher to help you if you need it or your parents to help you. But then those journals are a really great way to get publishing experience, which can be another great award.
0: Yeah, I like how you're you're also talking about, you know, submitting papers and doing things like that. Because I think the way that the honor section is talked about, it seems like it might just be standard awards from competitions that you have to like apply for or compete for when, you know, like you said, if you get published, if you're, you know, writing things, that can also be part of it and that's considered an award as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. And and along the same vein, any awards for things like community service or community involvement are also really appreciated on the award section. It's not just about high-flying amazing academics publishing papers left and right you know if you're super involved in your community and you're you know for example volunteering on weekends with students or with older people or with you know people with disabilities if you're doing any of that work and you've been recognized which usually if you volunteer kind of long enough and hard enough if you really commit yourself to it then awards will come Mm -hmm. and that is another great way to show you know your community involvement which colleges love to see And, you know, again, who you are outside the classroom. This section is not just about kind of showing, again, how amazing academically you are, but it's also about who you are as a person. And these kind of writing or community-based awards really serve to do that well.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it seems kind of like the main advice is, you know, get involved with what you're interested in, work really hard. And, you know, if you put in the effort and, you know, you're really good in what you do, you know, the awards are going to come to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if you are out there working hard, dedicating yourself, then people are gonna know this.
0: Right, definitely. And you don't need to go, like you said, chasing for awards, you know, very openly saying, you know, give me award, an award or anything, you know. Um, you know, it's going to come very genuinely. Exactly, exactly. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking about all of this. I hope it was really insightful to students who, you know, maybe hadn't heard of the section, or you know, were like we said, doing all of that googling and doing all of that reading, and you know, potentially getting confused by all of the information out there. So, um, I really hope this kind of helps everyone as they begin their application journey this summer.
1: Yeah, and best of luck to all of those rising seniors working on their applications now. Awesome. Thank you so much. No worries, thanks.
0: Well, like I said, I hope everyone found this episode helpful. I know that honor section is an extremely confusing and stressful part of the application. So help, hopefully this provided you with some insight. Uh, if you'd like more information about it, we have a great blog about the honor section, which I'll link in the episode description. Uh, if you are looking for more advice on admissions about your honor section, about any part of your application, you can find a link below for a free consultation sign up you can talk to one of our admissions experts. And as always, if you have any episode suggestions, comments, questions, you can find us at Ingenious Prep everywhere on social media, or you can email me. I have that in the episode description as well. That's all for now. I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.